Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and this episode is once again brought to you by our good friends at Props.Cash. Props.Cash is the best prop betting tool in the business, and you get, can get that for 25% off your first month. It's something that I think is absolutely instrumental to my process. It's something that I find very helpful, and it's something that I use every single day. Uh, you guys have seen those red charts, those green charts, the graphs, the hit rates, You've all seen that all over social media, and you guys can get that at your fingertips on the desktop and in the mobile app as well. Uh, And I find it really effective because you can filter out different things. You can filter out for injuries, which we're seeing a lot of right now uh, leading into the All-Star break. Uh, You can filter with a player, without a player. You can see how they've played in certain matchups. So it's something that I really, really do lean on as a tool in my player prop betting. And even if you aren't like the most confident player prop bet, you can kind of use their projections to double check yourself and say like, all right, like I think this is going to happen. What are their, what are they projecting? What do they like here through their algorithms and through their modeling? And I think that that's super effective, especially at this point in the season where we have a lot of data. Uh, We're more than halfway through the season. We're coming up on the all-star break. It's a really good opportunity to kind of fine tune not only your own betting, but check out what the trends have been for the entire season. And you can get that once again, at for 25% off with code Delara25. Uh, so guys, we're going to look at the Wednesday NBA slate. Had a busy day yesterday. It was a lot of fun. So I'm recording this early Wednesday morning. So this uh, this might be hitting your ear holes like a little bit later than normal, right? Um, but either way, uh, we're still going to have our best bets. And it's actually given me the opportunity to have a little bit more uh, player prop lines for this slate. So we're going to definitely do a little bit more of a player prop centric episode here. Uh, but had a busy day last night. It was pretty fun. Uh, got to do NBA bet stream. And that was wild. I have so much more respect for the people that do this on a day in, day out basis. So it's like, you know, I did it with Sean Little, did it with Brendan Glasheen. And it was really cool. It was through the NBA app. Uh, you could watch it on your TV. Um, and it was just a really nice opportunity to literally call a game, give out some picks, give out some winners. Uh, and, you know, it was it was something that I'd never done before and just really, really had a good time doing it. Um, I, I thought it was really fun. It was definitely something that you, until you do it, it's like you don't totally understand like everything that goes into it it's like you're talking you got the producer in your ear you have uh like different things like connectivity wise like there's a chat going on like you have certain amounts of time to say things it's so different than you know even the way that we record this podcast here like just me sitting here uh kind of can just talk freely and talk at my own cadence can kind of just go however i want so so much more respect for those guys that you know make it seem so seamless um it's just absolutely incredible uh so you know definitely a cool broadcast it was very betting centric which i think is really awesome give a lot of different data try to talk about some of the things that you don't normally talk about on a broadcast as well so really really had a good time with it and it was a lot of fun but let's dive into this wednesday nba slate where we have a loaded day um tons of games tons of picks i'll try to break them down uh to a degree like each of them and then we'll we'll kind of go from there so we've got the new york knicks obviously against the orlando magic this is not a great spot for the knicks i don't know if isaiah hartenstein is going to play um the one thing that we have been hitting consistently is if they keep giving us Taj Gibson lines at four and a half points, we're going to keep betting the under at four and a half points. The dude just like, he's barely seeing the floor. He's been very bad. Um, 
he just doesn't really belong out there. Uh, if you're going to use him for a couple minutes, awesome. But like, if they're going to just keep setting this four and a half line, it's fine. And honestly, it's the same thing with Jericho Sims. They keep setting a four and a half line. It's not a great matchup against the Orlando Magic for either of them anyway, uh, with what they have going on in the interior. So definitely something to kind of keep an eye out on. Um, additionally, that's and that's something that I've been playing with uh, Steve Keish, friend of the program, fellow guest uh, on the program. So uh, definitely something to kind of keep an eye on. Another thing to look at in this game, which I've been, which is really just, it's been incredible, is Paolo Bancaro has f- over five and a half assists in now 11 straight games. He just had 10 against Oklahoma City. And this line is once again set at five and a half right now on FanDuel. I, I think the line is probably just a little bit too low, just given the fact that his uh what his history has been so far um he's kind of he's going over this pretty significantly in his potentials he's leading the team in potential assists over these last 11 games uh i know that the matchup on paper isn't really great for him against the new york knicks but look you don't have og ananobi uh you likely don't have isaiah hartenstein uh i would imagine i wouldn't i would be a little bit surprised if they try to play hartenstein going into the all-star break at this point when you could just give him a break it's the same Achilles injury I know they've been listing him as questionable but it's the same thing like when they were listing OG Ananobi as questionable for a while and then all of a sudden it's like oh uh bone fragment out for three weeks so I do think that this is a spot where the Knicks are just kind of limping into the all-star break uh I don't love their prospects in this game. If I had to lean away, I would normally lean Orlando. But given the fact that they just had the tough game, tough loss to Oklahoma City last night, I don't know how well I, like or how good I feel about uh, grabbing points or laying points with the Orlando Magic against a Knicks team who's really, really fought hard and kind of coming off like a tough, op- tough loss and controversial loss even to the Houston Rockets. So that's definitely something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, moving to the next game though, we have a matchup between the Philadelphia 76ers and they're hosting the Miami heat. We, this was, so the last night, the game that I called was the Miami heat versus the Milwaukee bucks. And it was really an interesting time. Uh, you don't normally stick around and like, I'm not like, I don't watch too, too many heat games. Um, I kind of know what they do and they're one of those teams where, you almost have to tune like I always tune in like a little bit close to the postseason just based on the fact that like that's when I, I think that they do things that are interesting. Right. Um, but it did give me the opportunity to watch them see a lot of their players that, you know, like you don't normally get to see because they've had so many injuries. So Nikola Jovic uh, was incredible. Um, absolute dynamite player. Uh, he looked great. Um, career high in points, was just drilling from three. And I thought it was really interesting that he had such a good game. Kevin Love had a great game. Uh, Bam Adebayo, gr- a triple-double. Um, and Jaime Hawkes, what I thought was interesting was he didn't start, came off the bench. I think in part, he his points prop opened at 13.5, so he missed that. But then it reopened at 11.5 because I think it, we all thought, I thought he was going to start. And then he wound up not starting. Um, so I'm curious to see if Spo keeps him in on the bench. He brings him in the starting lineup. Either way, his minutes were a little down, I think in part because of the blowout. Uh, they did pull, so, and that was the thing that I thought was so interesting because they left Jovic in in the blowout with like six minutes to go, but they pulled Hakez, even though Hakez didn't start and Hakez came off the bench. So I was a little surprised by like the way that they did that. Um, but look, if, if they give us another 11 and a half point prop i'm probably going to take it uh this match against the 76ers i think is a bit softer um when we look at the 
the Philadelphia 76ers injury report, they're obviously going to be without Joel Embiid, but they are missing a number of different players as well. Like they're missing Tobias Harris, they're missing Robert, excuse me, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Lowry uh, is uh, expected to play actually, which I think is pretty huge. Uh, that's the comment that I'm seeing here from Kyle Newbeck is that Kyle Lowry is expected to play. So that'll take a little bit of pressure, I think, off of Tyrese Maxey, um, at least as like another outlet to facilitate. Uh, I do think, though, that this is a good matchup for Hawkes without Tobias Harris. Philadelphia's 76 is going to be a little bit thinner um, on the inside and no Batum, no Harris, no Embiid. Uh, B-Ball Paul's been great, but at the same time, uh, you can't really expect him to be able to cover everybody, um, especially when one of those guys is going to be Bam out of bio. So I think I'd probably be looking for Hawkes again. I think that Jovic's lines are probably going to be insane for this game, uh, given the fact that he was so dynamic last night. Uh, And we probably aren't even going to get a line, to be honest with you. So... Part of what we're looking at here, uh, we're looking at a good, I think it's a decent matchup for Maxi, given the fact that how much like zone Miami kind of likes to play. Um, and the reason that I say that is I think that having Kyle Lowry there should help him take a little bit of the pressure off. So I think the 27 and a half points is definitely an interesting look. Um, maybe they can't throw as many doubles at him uh, in today's game if Kyle Lowry's going to play like any type of meaningful minutes. Um, and then Buddy Heald has been really, really good over the past couple of games, he struggled in his last two overall against Miami, but this is normally a matchup that you would kind of expect him to perform pretty well in should get up a lot of threes, uh, should get, should kind of be able to get a lot of points here. Um, when he's played Miami previously, uh, last time he played back in December with Indiana, he only got up four threes but pre- prior to that. In his last five matchups, he'd seen double digits in four of his last five matchups so four of his last six over the past two years he's taken double digit threes um and he's made had made games of five three seven six uh and two uh over those five where he really was taking a little bit more volume so that's definitely a look there it's more of a lean for me at three and a half at plus 100 but if you wanted to like throw it into a parlay or something like that if you wanted to do like a threes parlay i i definitely couldn't take like talk you off of it i probably would just maybe go right to the five plus at closer to plus 200, give or take, depending on the book. Um, but that's kind of how I'd look at this game. I do lean Philly overall. I think that having Kyle Lowry to kind of help, even in a limited capacity, would be really helpful for Tyrese Maxine's Philadelphia team. Big win for Miami yesterday uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks, but I do think this is a little bit of a letdown spot. I know that they're so well coached that you don't normally see that, but it is a road game for them, road back to back. It's it's Philly or nothing for me in this spot. The next game that we are looking at is the uh, Atlanta Hawks versus the Charlotte Hornets. This is one of those games you probably are never going to bet or never going to talk about or never going to watch like unless you bet it. Um, and I, the funny thing is I actually do have a couple spots here. So I do like Brandon Miller. Again, Brandon Miller has been awesome. Uh, he's got a couple down games uh, in terms of the scoring department over the past couple. But uh, I like him to go over 19 and a half points or 21 and a half points plus assists. I think right now, if I had to lean on either, I would prefer the points plus assists, the assist line. So part of what my thought process is a lot of times when I'm betting these combo props is that if there's like, so, okay, so his points lines at 19 and a half, his assist line is at two and a half. So like when I add those together, um, I'm getting, uh, what is it? 
20, 22. I'm getting 22. Um, so when I'm looking at the points and assist combo problem, I'm seeing 21 and a half. Part of why I like trying to do that like simple-ish math anyway is like I feel like I'm getting a little bit of a free, not a free stat, but um, the combo normally you have to pay the premium for. So normally like when I, when you see a combo prop, the way that I see it is like, in that instance where it's 22, I would normally see 22 and a half points plus assist. And I think that's what I normally see with the combo prop. And it's part of why I don't like combo props that much. Um, because I think that you have to pay the premium. And then ultimately, like if you don't see the ceiling on a particular stat, you're paying for the flexibility. Um, but you're already like kind of selling the upside because in order for him to go over or the player to go over, they basically have to hit whatever the baseline was um, and ex- and then like exceed the other one. Like there's no real way to kind of get as much value in my opinion, when you bet a combo prop that's uh, like above that kind of threshold. Like I think you're better off trying to target one or the other. The one exception that I have for that, and I'll talk about that in a second with my next play um, is in certain opportunities with more usage. So, I do like this is a good spot for Brandon Miller. Hawks are re- like Swiss cheese defense. So I think this is a good spot for Brandon Miller. Uh, he's got the ability to stretch the floor. The Hawks are, suscept- are susceptible from downtown. Uh, he's going to be able to attack uh, attack in the paint. I think he's going to be able to get to the rim if he wants to without Clint Capella, without uh, Onyeka Okongwu. So this is a good spot, in my opinion, for Brandon Miller in what should be a pace-up game for both of these teams. Next play... In the same game, I like Jalen Johnson over 28.5 PRA. So this is where it comes into the combo prop for me where I'm comfortable grabbing that type of, of option. And the reason I like it is that there's no Capella, no Okongwu. Johnson already has like great usage. Like He's seeing good minutes. It's not really a minutes thing. It's more of a, like what his role is going to be. I think that without Capella and without Okongwu, you take two players off the floor that Okongwu to a lesser extent because Okongwu can kind of shoot a couple threes, but you take your, you're taking players off the floor that could like negatively impact the spacing. Uh, a lot of times, like they're probably going to be closer to the rim. They're probably going to be trying to roll. Like that's that's kind of what their their use is, right? With Johnson now, he might play some minutes at the five. Um, I think that we should see that, uh, the Hawks are relatively undersized here. Um, and I think that when you look at this circumstance, when you look at the situation, the upside for him in both scoring and rebounding is there. And then because it's such a pace up game, I don't mind adding the assists. I have a pretty good lean on his over two and a half assists, but given the fact that I like his overall offensive role here, I think that he's in a great opportunity to kind of excel uh, and go over this points prop of 28 and a half. He's got almost a 50% hit rate on this line overall, just generally on the season. And now you're taking out Capella, you're taking out Okongwu. I think this is a smash spot against the Charlotte Hornets. So that's a pe- that's a bet for me. Jalen Johnson over 28 and a half. Next line and next game is it's a it's a it's really a back to it's a back to back for both teams. It was a home and home between the Brooklyn Nets and the uh Boston Celtics. This spread was plus nine yesterday in Brooklyn. It is now plus uh 13 uh in Boston. So it's a back to back really tough uh tough game for for Brooklyn, I think I would like it more 
if they didn't make it close at the end and then actually cover the nine. Um, to me, it's a little bit of a stay away. Tatum went ballistic yesterday. I was on his under 29 and a half. I feel like an idiot. Uh, he had 31, <laughs> 31 in the first half, but I, I really didn't like the matchup for him. I thought it was, I thought it was a, a little bit of a rough matchup for, um, for Tatum in large part, when I was looking at what he could do here, look, he's only averaging 27 points per game this season. Uh, it drops to 25.9 points per game when white Porzingis drew and Jalen Brown play, uh, you know, even when Porzingis hasn't played, uh, he's only averaging about 28.2 points per game. So I think the matchup wasn't great. You know, you could see some Brent, uh, Benjamin Simmons, some Nick Claxton, Bridges, DFS. Uh, if there was a pace down game, but honestly, he just it just didn't matter like whatsoever. Um, so that was that was a little bit of a surprise. But at the same time, you know, it, it just it is what it is. Like it happens sometimes. So uh, this game, I think, is a little bit more interesting. You know, I think Cam Johnson should play. Uh, you see a little bit more Cam Thomas. Um, I'm curious to see if Ben Simmons plays. If Ben Simmons doesn't play, I probably like this. I was on Schroeder assists yesterday. I think you could probably look at his RA or assists again today. We'll see where a pops he had three assists but it looked like he had a couple more potentials in there so uh it's definitely it's definitely a look for me um right now part of the thing is with tatum last night he hit uh he hit five threes which was definitely more than he's kind of traditionally made so even against brooklyn over the last couple of years he's only averaging 28.3 points despite the 48 41 point performance yesterday uh so it's definitely something that i'm going to be kind of taking a look at and on zero days rest though tatum's been better uh so that's the one reason that i'd probably stay away from going back to the well on an under and just kind of betting on some underperformance uh this season he's averaging 30.7 points per game on the back at the back end of a back-to-back um it's definitely a look for me uh, you know, like I, I like the under still, but I think that there's too many trends pointing the other way for me to back an under again on Jason Tatum. Uh, I, I don't, I don't want to get burned there. I like the cap yesterday. Um, I've kind of watching it. And then obviously some of the circumstances being different. I like it a bit less uh, today. The next game that we're going to look at is the, let's pull it up. Uh, the Indiana Pacers versus the Toronto Raptors. Now, this is a revenge game to a degree for Pascal Siakam. Uh, I want to play his points. I think it's a little bit high. It's at uh, 22 and a half. So it's just to me, even when he's playing alongside Halliburton, he's averaging 22.7 points per game. Um, I think my problem with the spot is I think that it's already baked in a little bit uh, just on like how aggressive he's going to be in the spot against uh against his former team um he's only averaging 21.8 points per game this season he's only hit this in about 42 percent of games i do i know obviously that raptors defense has not been good um i know that the pace i think should be kind of slow uh i just I understand the narrative aspect of it, and I think that maybe he does get up for it. But even over the past couple of games, he's been he's had some down games. He's got 16 points, 19 points, 18 points. And I think the end, at the end of the day with Siakam, 
what Siakam can bring to the table, what he can do to kind of like help a team win and like contribute to winning uh, a winning formula, winning dynamic, isn't always the scoring. Some of it's the spacing. Some of it is scoring like to a degree. Some of it's the passing, the creation. So I think that if I was going to play Siakam, I'd want to take like a points plus assists type of line. Um, he's been really good on the assist line. The assist line is three and a half. He's hit that in 70% of games. Um, I, the reason that I'd want to kind of take the combo here is I lean on the assists here. I, I think that that's the better angle. But in the event that he does decide, he's like, I do just want to score. Like, this is my type of game. Like, I want to have a good game here against Toronto in Toronto. Um, I think that having the combo prop, like, he should be able to get some assists no matter what, uh, just with this Indiana offense. But at like on this one, once again, you're paying a little bit of a premium for the combo at 26 and a half. There's some 25 and a halfs out there. So definitely be sure to line shop because like I'm looking at props.cash's tool right now. There's a 26 and a half at minus 102 at FanDuel. Uh, but at the same time, there's a 20, 25 and a half at minus 110 at BetMGM, which is a significantly better line uh, in my opinion. You're paying eight cents for that full stat underneath. And then you're kind of getting that combo prop. You're not paying that premium in the same way. So if I had to look for a spot, that's probably the way that I'd go. I think that my assist, like all the things that I use um, for modeling, the assists are popping a bit. Um, but at the same time, I understand the narrative here and why you'd want to back him to score in this game against the Indiana Pacers. The next game that we can turn to is the Chicago Bulls versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the Cavs are pretty significant favorites. Cavs have been dynamic uh, so far this season. They're minus nine. Have to lean that way. Uh, but at the same time, the the prop that I really am looking at here is Evan Mobley over 22 and a half points plus rebounds, just crushing, crushing this line over in 76% of games this season. He's averaging 26.1 points plus rebounds. His minutes are trending up and this jumps to an 81% hit rate when playing 25 or more minutes. So the minutes restriction slowly coming off. We're seeing him start to play more and more minutes. Um, I think it's a tougher matchup against Chicago. Uh, you know, we're, we've seen a little bit of Vooch. We're seeing a little bit of Andre Drummond. Um, we're seeing like that combination, which is like fucking bizarre. Like I, it's such a weird fit on court, but it seems to have been working for them. Um, so that's the only reason that I'm a little bit hesitant. They haven't moved this line and it's been like a little sticky. And to me, that's always a little concerning. Um, just looking at it. Cause I'm like, is there something that I'm missing? Like what's going on? But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Chicago has been running out these like really odd lineups or, and you know, stuff that you wouldn't necessarily have expected Chicago to do. So um, I am, I am definitely a little bit curious to see what kind of lineup that they actually do put out there. Uh, but, we'll, but we'll just have to see. Cause I think they've been running that a little bit more. Um, obviously this is a better play if, they aren't going to start Andre Drummond um, or they aren't going to play him, you know, more significant minutes. But either way, I think it's definitely worth a look at 22 and a half PR when he's just been crushing this. Like he's hitting double doubles. Um, it, it's it's really just kind of been this is a little bit of a surprising line considering what he's been able to do over the past couple of games. Um, so that's that's for that game. Uh, next let's take a look at the wizards versus the Pelicans. And this is probably one of my favorite bets of the day. And, uh, one of the players that has obviously, look, I like the Pelicans in the first half here. Pelicans have been dynamic in the first half. They're the second best 
uh, team straight up uh, in net rating, all the advanced metrics in the first half, they come out and they bury teams in the first half. So I think we're looking at uh, right now, let me pull it up. I think it's like minus six right now, maybe minus six and a half. Um, We let's pull it. So in the first half, it's, no, there's nothing. There's nothing out there yet. Um, so it's probably gonna be like minus six and a half. It might be a minus seven. I think I'm even. I'm honestly comfortable laying that in the spot, given how good they've been in the first half, and the Wizards have just been a dumpster fire. But my favorite player prop bet for this game, Denny Abdija has been on fire. He's been dynamic. He's been so good over the last couple of games. He's had 21 plus points in four of his last five. Uh, he's been playing 30 minutes a game over his last three, which is a pretty significant uptick. This is a tough matchup for him. I think against the Pelicans, Pelicans have a ton of wings to throw it in between Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, um, you, even Jose Alvarado could cover him a little bit. Um, I think that, you know, Ingram's not the best defender, but, uh, what this I still think this is a tough matchup. That being said, with greater usage often comes turnovers. And this is something that I've talked about extensively. So I think this is a good opportunity to now bet on a turnover prop for Abdesia. On the season, he's averaging two turnovers per game. But over his last 10, he's averaging 3.1. And he's exceeded this, I believe, eight of his last 10 games. Um, so to me, what we're doing here is instead of betting on like his upside in terms of the points, the rebounds, the assists, because his points line is pretty low. It's at 14 and a half. It's something that he's been like pretty successful on over the past 15 games, 53% hit rate over the last 10. Uh, he set this in four of his last five, but I think the better look is on the turnovers. So like I said, he's hit it in seven of his last 10 games. He's hit it in uh, four of his last five. He's got, over the last five games, he's got five. We're going backwards. Five, five, three, two, five. Um, and like he's just turning the ball over a lot more because the ball's in his hands a lot more. Um, and when we look at that, when we see that comparison with the usage and with the opportunity, uh, this is a great spot to bet him over two and a half turnovers. The next game is the Rockets versus the Grizzlies. Don't love a lot in here, but I do think that Memphis has been better lately. Uh, at least their form is better. Uh, and the Rockets have kind of struggled a bit uh, of late. No Fred Van Vliet. Um, they're kind of leaning on some other players. So one bet that I like and one prop is Amen Thompson over 13 and a half rebounds plus assists. He's hitting four of his last five without Fred Van Vliet. And although he's hit the rebound prop, so his rebound prop, I think it was eight and a half. He's hit that in five of five without Fred Van Vliet. I like the assists here against a Memphis defense that like just hasn't been as good over the course of the season. Um, you're seeing a lot of younger players, and I think that Amen has an opportunity to kind of ball out against them. Uh, it should be a little bit more fun for him. I think it's a little bit more of a game where he's playing guys with similar experience, similar talent, or maybe not similar talent, but similar experience to him. Um, and I think that there's upside in both the rebounds and assists. Part of what I like about RA props um, and like rebounds plus assist props is I think of it as like a usage prop um, a little bit more so than honestly the points, because I think that like for some of these guys that aren't always like natural scores, they get the expanded role, they get the more minutes uh, and they don't, they're not as comfortable like scoring as like a primary option, but they are still used to just being out on the floor, 
crashing the glass, dishing the guys that, you know, do want to shoot like a Jalen Green or a Jabari Smith, Alperin Shangoon. Um, and that kind of gives the upside in the assist. Like, especially if he's starting, means he's playing minutes with better players who should be able to finish a little bit better as well. So I like the over 13 and a half rebounds plus assists. Uh, we're looking at the Spurs versus the Mavericks. I got to lean on Lucas threes. I think it's a good spot for him. Uh, he just kind of always balls out against the Spurs, but Victor has been crazy. That triple double was insane with, with the, with the blocks. That was just unbelievable. Um, he's actually been shooting really well lately though. He's made two or more threes in 19 of his last 30 games. He's taken 4.6 per game. Dallas been fairly susceptible from three, especially with Daniel Gafford now um, playing some center minutes. Boy, has he been fucking cash cow for everybody hitting double doubles, what have you. I love, I love that uh, for him, like in that role with Luca, but I do think this is a good spot for Victor to maybe make two threes. Uh, he made three of five on, October 25th when these teams played. So that was a while ago now. Um, Victor's a lot more comfortable. Minutes limit, again, is coming back up. Uh, I, I think that if the minutes, the, the minutes should probably line up a decent amount with Gafford. Um, so I do like the over for Victor to make, I, realistically, two threes. Um, you're getting that at pretty standard juice. Finally, uh, we had a couple more games left here. Uh, the Lakers and are taking on the Jazz. I like the Lakers here. It's at five and a half. I think it's a little bit too high. Um, Utah has been incredible lately, but um, I think part of this has to do with the fact that they like LeBron might not play, or Anthony Davis might not play, and like obviously, I think you need to wait for their status before you make a decision here. But they have been playing in back to back, so to me, this line is saying that they're not playing um, or at least one of them is not playing, but we'll just kind of have to keep an eye on it and see what the injury status is. It's it's a little bit too hard to bet into the market right now uh, without knowing what their status is, just given how important they are to this team. So uh, they're not on the report right now. Um, There's nothing necessarily to update, but they are on the report just pretty much every game, especially every back-to-back. Um, I think Utah has been really, really good, but I do think that Anthony Davis in particular and LeBron should be able to kind of get into the teeth of this jazz defense, get into the paint and really kind of get, get some scoring going for them in this spot. Um, the Pistons take on the Suns. Suns it looks like Bradley Beal came up a little bit lame last night. They got it. They covered that four and a half by the skin of our teeth last night, but, uh, against the Sacramento Kings, but this spot against the Pistons, uh, Pistons aren't very good. 13 points, a lot of points for the Suns to lay. And this is already kind of getting hit immediately. Open at 13 and a half. There's some 12 and a halves out there now. Uh, to me, it's a Pistons bet. Um, you, it's a Pistons or stay off completely. Uh, I, I do like the spot for Detroit. Um, I think it may be an opportunity for the Suns to maybe sit a guy or two, try to win this game anyway. Uh, yesterday's game against the Kings was pretty important and it was a pretty good come from behind victory and not only to win, but to also cover for us. Uh, so I don't have any props in this game right now, but obviously if Booker doesn't play, if Durant doesn't play, um, we should see upticks in both of their assists, uh, or either of their assists. Uh, I'd be stunned if Bradley Beal plays. So maybe we can look at some threes from like Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen, their usage should, should definitely go up in this spot. Looking at the Kings versus the Denver Nuggets, uh, this is definitely an interesting game too. I lean, I lean Denver. I mean, I often lean Denver, right? Um, 
but part of what I like here is, or, or what my concern is, is obviously that no, no KCP. So KCP is not going to play in this game. Jamal Murray's on the report. So that's definitely a concern as well. Um, when Murray hasn't played, Jokic has played 13 games a season. Two of those, he got ejected. <laughs> so in the other 11, he's had five triple doubles and he's had two misses at nine assists. So I think a triple double is absolutely in play, especially in Sabonis, who he's handled pretty well. He scored pretty well against him over the course of their careers. Um, additionally, uh, I'd be looking at Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Aaron Gordon. What has been interesting with them is that actually both of them have uh, hit the boards a bit more when Jamal Murray is out. We see an uptick in their uh, rebounding to a degree. Uh, and Michael Porter Jr. actually scores a bit more. He scores about two points more per game. So maybe looking for some Michael Porter Jr. props. Uh, he's been pretty good at home. We don't have anything at this point in time, but those are some of the angles that I'd be looking at. I think I want to take the Nuggets at minus six, but I think I'll just wait. Um, I'd like it a lot if Jamal Murray is in. If Jamal Murray's out, I think maybe we see like a minus five, and then I would still like it there. Uh, I just don't want to pay the premium at six. I'd rather just wait and get a little bit more information uh, on the spot. So I, I, I think on the flip side, though, you could look a little bit at Sabonis. Um, Sabonis's rebounds have been really, really good uh, against Jokic. He's had 17 last game, 15 the game before, 10, 16, 14. Uh, so it's definitely it's definitely a look. I don't hate like trying to do like a little bit of a double, triple, double um, if they both are playing uh, with Sabonis and Jokic. And I think... I want to see. I want to see how Sabonis has done on zero days rest this year. So he's actually been really, really good this year on zero days rest. He's got two triple doubles. Um, he's been a double double machine. He's got double doubles in uh, what is a six of six of seven, um, and he's got one game with twenty three rebounds. He's got another one with fourteen. Uh, so definitely, definitely a look. Um, uh, definitely a look for me if they both are playing. Uh, finally, that takes us to our last game of the slate, which is the Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Clippers. Look, you guys saw I logged uh, some Golden State Warriors futures in the app. Um, I like the Warriors moving forward. I don't like them in the spot against the Clippers. I wanted Kawhi to be playing so I could have bet the Warriors at a plus number. Instead, I the Warriors are minus three, which I think is way overinflated. Uh it's Kawhi is important to the Clippers. Obviously Kawhi is in the MVP race. He's in the MVP conversation. He's one of the best players in the world when he's healthy. Um, I think this is an overreaction. Uh, I think that when we're looking at this spread, uh, we would have seen golden state be a home dog. They were plus one and a half when this opened, it moved to minus three and a half. Now there's a plus three and a half for the Clippers in the market. Uh, I think the Clippers are still really good. Um, even without Kawhi, you still have obviously James Harden, um, and Paul George this season. Uh, so both of them can kind of run the offense, facilitate the offense. The Clippers are still two and two without, Kawhi Leonard on the season. Their losses were to Oklahoma City and the Boston Celtics wins against the Charlotte Hornets and the Memphis Grizzlies. So not the most impressive wins, that's for sure. Um, but I do think that it's a little bit of an overreaction. Uh, I kind of just would want to take the dog in this matchup kind of like either way. Um, that's at least the way that I see it. But what I, the part of why I don't like Golden State, though, is the way that the Clippers have schemed Steph Curry. Um, 
Tyloo traps him heavy and he's averaging 7.7 assists per game uh, on 13.3 potentials against the Clippers this season. Part of that's because he had only had four last time with seven potentials, but that game was with Chris Paul, who is going to be, who continues to remain out for the Golden State Warriors. He hasn't played since January 7th. So the Clippers sent a bunch of doubles at him. They forced the ball out of his hands. They're basically like, anybody else, somebody else can beat us. And without Chris Paul, he's had 11, 8, 6, and 9 over the last two seasons against the Los Angeles Clippers. His assist line is set at five and a half. Um, He's averaging, uh, and then since Chris Paul's been out on January 7th, he's averaging 5.7 on 8.3 potentials. So the assists are there no matter what, but I think that the way that Ty Lue has schemed against Curry has been successful. His, he doesn't score as much. He, they effectively force the ball out of his hands into other players' hands, um, and I think that it's a good opportunity for him to get assists, especially without Kawhi Leonard maybe on the back end uh, of some of those assists defending. Um, now you don't have that matchup for, the, for, for some of the other guys in the Golden State Warriors. So I think that they'll still try to get the ball out of Curry's hands and force somebody else to beat them. So five and a half assists, I like it. Uh, you can get like some eight plus. Uh, I think the number a little bit earlier was in like plus 300 or something like that. Uh, let me tell you. It's a lot easier if I just tell you. Uh, but look, I was betting them on FanDuel. I know that 10 plus assists was 10 to 1 which, you know, seemed a little bit long for me. Um, and I, you know, I've kind of sprinkled on that and I grabbed a bit of the eight plus was at plus 360 still there at the time of this recording, probably because I haven't posted it yet, <laughs> but uh, we'll, uh, we'll get it up there. So that's kind of what I'm looking at for today's NBA slate. And if you're betting on the all-star game, I like the West. Mac McClung is going to win the dunk contest the dude is a freak the only way i think he doesn't win is if they're like hey jalen brown's got to win this one we need a quote-unquote superstar to win to bring the dunk contest back could totally see that but look mac mcclung is a freak on incredible dunker that's what he does i like mac mcclung you can i grabbed him at like plus 160 logged in the app but uh there's some minus 150s in the market still which i think is still uh kind of valuable on just based on how good he is um so that's that's what we're looking at for the slate uh and we'll, uh, I'll definitely have some more picks out for like the three point contest, stuff like that. I like to break that down a little bit more in depth, um, but it should be, it should definitely be a lot of fun. But for that, my one recommendation at this point in time is get yourself a couple peanut butter cookies. They're pretty good. Um, Jenna made some the other day. Oh, it was that. And uh, you got it. <sighs> I'm I'm like recommending this to myself. I wish I had a snowblower. We got so much snow in Jersey the other day, at least where I am. I was shoveling. Neighbor was like, "You want to help? You would you like to use like my snowblower?" And I was like, "Please, God, it'd be awesome." What I shoveled in like 30 minutes, the snowblower did in about five. It was just unbelievable. So new homeowner problems, you know. Like I just was like, ah, like I don't need a snowblower this winter. Um, you know, we've been spending money on a bunch of other things. Like maybe I'll get one next year. Boy, do I want to get one next year. So putting it down, maybe I'll try to get one on sale. That would be awesome. It's the end of the season. Speaking of sales, guys, get 25% off your first month of props.cash with code Delara25. Um, make sure that you like if you're hunkered down, stuck in with the snow because you don't have a snowblower, you have all the tools that you need to find success in the betting market, the player prop market, and continuing uh to 
you know, be able to get all the best data at your fingertips. You don't have to leave anywhere. You have it on your phone, you have it on your desktop, and it's absolutely a must use tool for anybody that wants to bet on player props in not only NBA, college basketball, uh, NFL, hockey, baseball seasons coming up. And you can get that all for 25% off your first month with code Delara 25. So with that, let's have a great day. Happy Valentine's Day. And let's continue to cash that.